The last time I talked with this guy, I was in a tutu mm-hmm. and platform shoes playing ping pong. And I was still not as out there and energetic as he is. Author, actor, comedian, and bang Zoom. He's here for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival and he reminds me so much of Jackie Gleason. Well, that's nice of you to say. I like Jackie Gleason. He was a very talented guy and incredibly versatile and uh, a brilliant musician. A lot of people don't know that, but a re- really amazing performer. I loved I loved his work. And a great dance, like really Incredible. light on his feet. Yeah, he was his wife was a dancer, I believe June Taylor was his wife, so and he the June Taylor dancers were uh, the dancers on his program when he had his own show. He it, it, it's funny because you talk about all these things like he's he does all of these things I really do find you very similar to Jackie Gleason, but I would imagine, especially when you were just starting out your career like in the 80s, 88? Yeah, late 80s. When you were just starting out your career, you're doing so many things, and that confuses people. I mean, you know you're talented at all these things, but they see you all over, so they don't know what to do with you, but you were actually able to build a brilliant career somehow convincing people that you can do everything, and that's hard to convince them. Well, it's hard to convince them when it's not true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it has been a, big, a bit of a shell game. No, but I mean, I don't know. I do a lot of different things. I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, so it's kind of hard to get. But what the hardest part is to get people to go, I get this. This is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. With you, we'll do this show. With mm-hmm. You know, like, it's hard to be plugged into the existing system when you're a bit of a wild card like that. So it's taken a long time, but uh, I've, I've kind of grown in a lot of different ways at the same time. So, yeah, it's been interesting, I suppose. I'm happy. Well, you make people happy, so I would imagine that's the happiest part of it. Happiness is happy. That's what it is. <laughs> that's so deep thought. Thank you. It's very deep. Just say whatever it is is whatever it is. Say the thing and then say the thing is the thing. Then you'll be incredibly profound. I saw that you were very happy. In I, I read a career highlight, and this is from an old article, but in 2008, at that point in time, oh. you said your career highlight had been The Tonight Show. Yeah, doing The Tonight Show is a pretty amazing thing. It would have been even more amazing if it was Johnny Carson because that's what I grew up watching. And, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, my first kind of exposure to stand-up comedy, and I think a lot of people of that generation was uh, watching The Tonight Show and seeing the comics. Mm-hmm. They would come on and do their spot. And now it's not so much. Very rarely do comedians do those late-night shows in that way anymore. And it was such a big, uh, you know, a big moment for the comedian. And it was great to be on The Tonight Show and, you know, to be able to tell my parents to go watch The Tonight Show and see me on that. And it was fun, it was fun for that reason. Is that still your career highlight? Yeah, I would guess so. Uh, you know, yeah, I would have to say, I mean, it's, it's probably the, one of the biggest things I've ever done. So I'd have to say, yeah, still. What's What do you think the turning point was? Because you you start off, like I say, like you do so many different things and you have to convince people that doing different things is okay. Yeah. And you start off doing all these things. You finally get accepted. Where do you think that turning point was? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's still, I still feel, what's funny about doing a lot of different careers at the same mm-hmm. time is you never really feel completely grounded in any one of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like a writer when I'm around writers. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm kind of a fraud, and I don't feel like I'm really a comedian when I'm around comedians because I do that primarily, but, you know, I'm not really a stand-up. I do like a cabaret show with music and different sort of things, characters and impressions and stuff. 
And, uh, you know, in everything I do, I feel like, oh, I'm just a kind of a peripheral player on this in this world, and I don't feel like there's any one world that I'm completely at home in. So um, maybe you always feel like a bit of an outsider, but uh, I But then know. you get a better perspective of things from I, you there. You do, you do, but it's harder to, you know... Uh, it's harder to get people to invest, and they mm -hmm. say, well, what are you really interested in? You do all these things. What's the one thing? And I said, well, I want all of them to go, so... Uh, to work at the same time. So uh, I don't know. The new one uh, was a turning point when people started to, I guess when I did my, uh, in 1998, I'd been touring with the Juice Pigs, Corky and the Juice Pigs for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then I did my first solo show, which was uh, called Wood Cheese and Children in Toronto. And uh, I there I got a lot of intention and got to Just for Laughs on my own steam and the show went very well and I went over to... Uh, Edinburgh and did the show there and then got a deal in Hollywood because of that show. So a lot of good things happened. And, you know, I guess that's where I, you know, it kind of solidified my style of performance, kind of solidified into something that I thought people wanted to see. I like how Sean Cullen's just sitting here and then I got a deal in Hollywood. and then Yeah, like, you know, blah, but you always blah, think, oh, blah. I made it, the deal in Hollywood, this is it. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't happen. Like you, it, it's just that's the first step and then you have 10 other steps before you end up having a television show on TV in America. And it's a long row to hope. So, uh, you know, just not giving up. I think the biggest thing is just uh, being the last person standing in any given, you know, crowd. Just you, staying with it. I wonder this then, because I wonder how many people, if any, advised you, like, stop, give up, move on. Well, never really, because I always felt like I was making enough money to keep going. Mm -hmm. My mom was probably the most terrified. Mm -hmm. My father was very quiet, but I think he enjoyed the fact that I was doing this. Mm -hmm. But my mom was always, you know, you should be a, a go-to, um, should maybe go back to school and get, you know, your teaching degree. Yeah, or something you would have like been that. a fun teacher. Yeah, but it would have been horrible. I I, yes. I don't think that's my 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 calling to teach other people. I have very little patience teaching other people. I just like to do what I do. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I guess my mom was the main one, but I never had people going, yeah, you, know, you don't quit your day day job. You know that kind of thing never really happened. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that you're here because I need some help. Okay. Uh, Sweden has a what a weird. What a weird way to say that. I need some help. Sweden. I need some help. Sweden is on my case. <laughs> Sweden has a number to call. Yes. Where you can connect with a random Swede. It's a first-of-its-kind tourism campaign. So you can just ask people in Sweden questions about the country to help learn more, maybe even convince somebody that they should go visit Sweden. Right. And I would like for you to test this out with me because I think it's something that we should add to Winnipeg. Good. It's It's a no-cost. People here love free. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. Anything that's free, even if it, they don't like it, they'll like it. And so this is a no-cost campaign. I want to see how it works because I think we should add it to Winnipeg. Do you want to call Sweden with me? Yes, of course. You don't have to pay for anything, though. Kyle's going to pay for it. Of Kyle, course. my guy on the controls over there. Okay, Kyle, let's call Sweden. Deep pockets with Kyle. <laughs> Deep pockets with Kyle. In radio? Absolutely. Deep pockets just because you keep searching in there for the money, but you can't really find it, so you're deepening that pocket more and more. Your pockets end up hoving holes. We're sorry. All no. our circuits are busy. Everybody's calling Please Sweden. Because Sweden has gone viral no, 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 no. today. Everybody's calling Sweden. Sean Cullen. 
is here for Winnipeg Comedy Festival. And he's he wants to help me help you learn more about Sweden and call Sweden's new tourist line just to talk to a random Swede. My guy in the controls, Kyle's trying to call there. So far to no avail when we get through. Sean will try to help us out. But right now we could just talk about you. Okay. Talk about yourself. What about it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a great way to Freshly have an interview. divorced, ready to go. No. It's been, uh, you know, we just finalized divorce, which is great because it made me understand that my wife really just... The thing is, I had things and my and I my wife liked them. The mm-hmm. things were fine. Mm-hmm. It's just that I was always near them, <laughs> kind of ruining them. So now I don't have them anymore. So she and she has them. So they're all fine. It's all good. Mm-hmm. They're they're in a better place. Well, I would I would imagine that. I mean, you can make light of so many situations, mm. and you can make light of this. And by talking about your experience in that way, it probably. Uh, makes other people laugh about theirs because divorce is so common. But it is very common, you know. I think that's one of the things that offends me so deeply about it. It's like, why am I like everybody else? <laughs> I thought I'd like to be a unique person that doesn't have this happen. Oh, but I did. Oh, well, what an idiot. So, but it's not, you know, you just can't make people love you, right, and, or stay there. So. No, you can make people love you because you were just telling me yeah. about this new hormone therapy well, that creeps me out. Well, the idea is that it's a hormonal thing, like love, and it, it's a physiological change when people are in love. And mm-hmm. when it starts to fade, there's an imprinting right. that is pheromonal. Mm-hmm. So when it starts to fade, that's when love is, you, you can... The, the idea is to re-up that uh, hormonal situation, to replace those hormones, and then to reinforce this love feeling. Creepy, huh? That sounds it like sounds a new way to Orwellian. rape someone. Well, it sounds like, I know, but not if they say, yes, I'd like to take the hormones to love you again. Then I don't think that's rapey. Then it's just Orwellian-ish. It is Orwellian. It's Brave New World. Take the pill and we love each other again. This is creeping me out. I'm I want to sorry. change conversations. I want to find out I, I, a question. What is, find out a question? From a comedian who was here yesterday. Oh, yeah. I had a few with me. I had Craig Lozon. Oh, I, I had know Craig. Marta Chavez. I know oh, her. She's the most adorable little nugget. Yeah. And Jeremy Woodcock. So oh, they yeah. had questions for you. For me? For you. Because oh, okay, they good. knew you'd be here today. And one of the one of the questions, since you do enjoy cheese so much, they wanted to know your favorite cheese. Well, I kind well if I had to choose a favorite cheese, I'd have to say a really old cheddar. But it'd be it'd be tight between really old cheddar and a stinky blue cheese. Have you tried smoked applewood cheddar? It's very good. Anything that's very mm-hmm. pungent and bitey, I like that mm-hmm. kind of cheese. You know, so that's your favorite type yes. of cheese. Mm-hmm. Now, now they now they know. Okay. Now they can rest so easy. I asked gifts. out of all the questions in the world, what would you like to ask Sean Cullen? The cheese. The well, cheese. I love that cheese. Is that a common question? Have you ever been asked that in an well, interview? Well, I was having a kind of, uh, I always mention cheese in my ramblings. So I guess that's what it is. Speaking of a rambling, mm-hmm. I research. I take my job as a journalist very seriously. I understand. I found out one time, Sean yes. Cullen, that you had a sandwich slapped out of your hand. Yes, by Cloris Leachman. Leachman. Cloris Leachman. I can't just know the line. I need to know the story behind getting a sandwich slapped out of your hand by Cloris Leachman. Well, I was trying to lose weight, and uh, <laughs> I was working on the show, and I told her that I was trying to lose weight, and she's quite a crazy person, uh-huh. and she was playing the mother of Ellen on Ellen's second sitcom mm-hmm. called The Ellen Show, 
And uh, she, I w- went over to the craft food table where, you know, you can have a snack while mm-hmm. we're taping and we're shooting an episode of the sitcom. And I pick a sandwich up. I make a little tiny sandwich out of a couple of pieces of bread, fold it over with some ham in it. And she, I reached up to put it in my mouth and she suddenly appeared and slapped it out of my hand onto the table. And then took the meat and stuck it in my mouth and left the bread. Oh, so she was going Dr. Atkins on you. Yeah, it was good. (laughs) And she was a crazy little person, but I I really loved her. She's great. What are, now I need to know some of the stranger celebrity encounters you've had. Um, Or maybe they're normal in Hollywood. I don't know. But to, well, I'm terrible uh, at remembering things. You remembered meeting me, and that was years ago now. Yeah. Well, Well, you know, you're in a tutu playing ping pong. It's easy to kind of put those (laughs) two things together. Uh, I'm trying to think of a strange story. Um, I have no idea. Meeting, uh, I met uh, David Chappelle. At the uh, oh. Tonight Show, and he was so high, it was unbelievable. Was he in love high, or no, he, was he was high? Baked completely, <laughs> baked out of his mind, and his eyes were incredibly red. And he was going on to talk to Jay and be on the show, and I kind of went, "Hey, man!" He was really nice, but just completely high, like crazy. But that's not a great story. And a lot of people are high. I met Ben Affleck, and he didn't know me. And I didn't know him. Well, I, I knew who he was, but he didn't really acknowledge me. I mm-hmm. said, hello, Mr. Affleck, and he walked on by. You know, it's almost more interesting than from what happens in L.A. This, this is this is what intrigues me in L.A., mm-hmm. and you might be able to help us out here. People ordering coffee. Yes. The way they order coffee in L.A., it's not just a coffee order. They're, like, I, don't need, I would feel too much pressure to order a coffee like that. I mean, I'm already concerned enough when I go to the coffee shop because I feel like I tweak things around and I have to even remember. I can't even remember myself what I'm asking for. But they're reciting a soliloquy almost. Yeah, there's a lot of work going into that. Can you do, have you, like, can you right now pretend you're in L.A. and order a coffee? Well, this is bad. This is a bad choice because I'm like a black coffee, please. But if you're a person okay. living there. Americano half uh, water, uh, would you put a drop of milk in it, but <laughs> that's non-fat milk? Or if you have almond milk, do you have almond milk? <laughs> okay, but it's not the sweetened kind. Fine. I'll have uh, an Americano with a drop of uh, non-sweetened almond milk. And can you just stir it once, please? <laughs> and then leave it to sit for a minute and then put some more hot water in it <laughs> just to top it up to the top with hot water. And then... Uh, can put an ice cube in it. <laughs> I think it is the kind of people who order a coffee that way in, in Los Angeles are people who don't eat at all. <laughs> they don't eat. They don't There's have There's a food. lot of people so who don't like, eat this, in LA. I'm going to really make a meal out of this coffee so that everything, they put a lot into it. You know? you've, you've been on different sets. You've worked in Canada. You've worked in the States. It's, it's a different culture in the entertainment industry because appearance is so very important. Have you witnessed... Maybe even uh, a tirade from people who don't want to eat, because they get people get angry when they don't eat. Um, I don't know, never about that, because I'm always around people who enjoy eating. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying not. I'm trying to not. I'm, right now, I'm on this diet where no a grain, no cheese or dairy, no, no cheddar cheese. No, I know, no oh. grain, no alcohol, and no sugar. So would you, you like a eat, cup of air? 
I would. Well, I can eat tons of vegetables and fruit. I love. Oh, and I'm going to tell you about、so、my eggplant baked fries. Okay. I love them. Yeah. Well, you bake them and then fry them. No, no frying them. They're full fries. You just say fries because then you think in your head that you're eating French fries, but you're not eating French fries. If you say it, you start to believe it. Yeah. Have you ever tried to eat an eggplant that's not cooked? That's so disgusting. It's like a cardboard. It's like a styrofoam bulb. If eggplant is even undercooked, it's the most disgusting food you could possibly eat. When it's cooked properly, it's one of the best things in the it's world. It's like a delicious nature steak. <laughs> it's a nature steak. I eat a lot of mushrooms. Yes,、know. I love mushrooms.、Too. I agree with that. Yeah,、Shiitakes、because they just—they have a lot of density、so、and fibrous,、better. and they taste a bit like meat. There's a mushroom that looks like my hair. I don't know what it's called. The, Your eyes.、Uh, is, isn't it? <laughs> Do you not, know what I'm talking about? A, it's not a shiitake. It's an enoki、no. mushroom. Is it the enoki that looks like yeah, my hair? Yeah, that comes in a little clump that flaps、curly. around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're very delicious in a soup or something like that. We could talk about mushrooms and vegetables all day long. This、oh, is a、could. whole different topic. We, we should、really、have a show、could. on the Food Network. I have a I have a book called the、uh, the Produce Bible, which I suggest to anyone.、It、tells you every different vi- place. Every、Did my dad kind of write、vegetable? this with you, Sean Cullen? Because I, since I was a little girl, we've had two conversations. One is politics; the other is produce. Well, there you go. Did he, he work as he... a green grocer or? No, he's just a man. He's just he's, a man. He's just a man who likes to talk about produce and politics. Well, and he could tell you about every type of apple. That's a show right there. Done. Produce and politics.、That's、We're gonna do this. Get it on CJOB. Get it on CJOB. Quickly, I just want to find this out. Yes. What's your worst gig you ever had? Well,、um, I think playing for、uh, the collected owners of the、uh, Harley Davidson dealerships of、uh, Ontario in a Quonset hut in the London fairgrounds. That was probably the worst because the sound was so terrible. I couldn't even hear my musician was standing right beside me,、mm-hmm. and I said, "I can't really make.、Uh, I can't really make way. I don't understand what I'm saying.、Mm-hmm. I can't hear anything." And、uh, the guy started booing me and telling me, you know, that I was terrible. And I said, "Okay, you're right." And look at you now; you're on six eighty CJOB. And they're in charge of Harley Davidson dealerships, <laughs> so they're doing all right too. And you're also producing a, a show for TV called Produce and Politics. I have got it. I'm going to get my、uh, your dad to be on it with me. <laughs> and we'll just discuss how products is affecting politics. My dad is the most famous unknown person in the city.